Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. Well, let's have a look at what's happening around the world this hour and some of the stories we'll be paying attention to for the rest of the week. Joining us now is BBC World Service Partner Hub journalist Eleanor Smallwood. Eleanor, let's talk about Ukraine's Independence Day. It is coming up this Wednesday and is six months into the war with Russia as well on Wednesday. But it is also the Independence Day, 31 years since Ukraine declared independence from the Soviet Union. So there's a lot to think about with regards to what's happening there. Yes, indeed. Uh, What a week for Ukraine. Uh, Particularly poignant given what the country is going through at the moment. And this occasion has only gained more importance since 2014 when Russia uh, annexed Crimea. And that region is still very much in the headlines because of the conflict that's still going on there. Uh, President Zelensky has been extremely open about the fact that he hopes to one day reunify it with the rest of the country. Um, Another thing of note to mention is that the last three decades have been quite the journey for Ukraine, um, and issues that arose at the time of independence remain very much central. Uh, NATO membership is one of those and has been a central issue since 1991, with at different points in time it being on the table and then shelved depending on where the alignment of Ukraine has been at different points in time with uh, Moscow. So yes, an extraordinary uh, journey marked this week. And the brutal conflict that we're seeing is just bringing up issues that have uh, surfaced quite a bit over the last three decades. Yep, for sure. And Mr. Zelensky is actually calling for vigilance. He's saying that Moscow could, in fact, try something particularly ugly ahead of Wednesday. Talk to us more about that. What are the latest movements? What should people be wary of here? Is Mr. Zelensky right here? Well, uh, President Zelensky is going to be uh, very concerned about the things that have been going on uh, in the last week or so and are expected to kind of continue to develop this week, particularly concerning the nuclear power plant Zaporizhia uh, in southeast Ukraine, which is the biggest in Europe. And uh, uh, Ukrainian, the Ukrainians and Russia have both accused each other of shelling the facility, which is currently under Russian control. And Russia has now said that it wants, or at least it will allow UN officials to inspect the plant, which will come as a relief uh, to the head of the UN, Antonio Guterres, who has said that the plant should not be a target for military operations. And there's been a lot of tension uh, regarding whether the, the situation there is going to escalate. And Britain, France, Germany and the US had a phone call uh, where they stressed the need to avoid nuclear catastrophe. Uh, another thing to mention is the situation in Crimea is still tense and there were drone strikes uh, over the weekend and Russia said that it had shot down a Ukrainian drone that was targeting its Black Sea fleet. But it's important to add that Kiev has neither confirmed nor denied responsibility for those drone developments. Eleanor, let's uh, bring this back to or closer to us here in Asia. The United States and South Korea beginning their biggest combined military training in years and this is all happening as South Korea faces a lot of hostility. Uh, from Pyongyang. So what exactly are these exercises or why are they so large scale? Yes, so it's uh, the first time in four years that they've carried out these exercises, which were an annual uh, event. 
and the scale had been reduced pre-COVID to, uh, in the hope that it would make space for diplomacy with Pyongyang uh, when relations were a bit less tense. Uh, Donald Trump was keen to uh, amplify dialogue and, and then we had COVID, of course, which due to virus worries, things wound down a bit and actually computer simulations did substitute quite a few aspects of the drills and uh, some retired uh, South Korean military figures have actually spoken up and said that they were concerned that uh, the, the, the simulations were not sufficient and that it was affecting the preparedness for any kind of confrontation. So they're going forth with the drills. The two nations also say that they are restoring what they say was a pre-existing commitment to training. And they also believe that these are defensive exercises uh, which strengthen ties between the two. Of course, not everyone is uh, positive, speaking positively about these. Uh, China, North Korea's main ally, has been very discouraging and says that it could worsen tensions with the North. But of course, it could be that China's concerned about potential surveillance that happens while the drills are underway. The thing is, North Korea has exhibited this sort of posturing and brinksmanship before. To what extent are the US and South Korea actually perceiving the threat from the North as being heightened here for real? I think that is definitely caught that they see definite cause for concern. Um, nuclear negotiations have derailed in recent years when there were disagreements over disarmament. And since then, Kim Jong-un has said that he wants to bolster his nation's nuclear project and he's dialed up weapons testing to a much faster rate. Uh, in fact, this year there have been over 30 ballistic missile tests. Uh, Kim Jong-un has gone as far as a few weeks ago saying that the country is fully ready for any military confrontation. But it's also important to point out that North Korea's rhetoric is known for being quite fiery. So that will be taken into account uh, as uh, experts kind of monitor the situation uh, and hope that it doesn't get too serious. We're speaking to Eleanor Smallwood, a journalist at BBC World Service. Eleanor, a 17-year-old pilot is to become the youngest ever person to do a solo round-the-world flight. Now, he's been traveling since March. Can you tell us more about his journey? Yes, quite extraordinary, actually. Uh, there's going to be quite a, a lot of excitement in Bulgaria, I imagine, as uh, this teenager, Mac Rutherford, is due to land there and finish his journey where he started it later mm -hmm. in the week. He was 16 when he set out, but has since turned 17. He uh, began his journey in March, so it's been five months uh, in the air. And there were some delays because of visa paperwork and various hurdles when going through different territories. Uh, the current record holder is actually 18, so there's, there's no <laughs> worries despite the delays of uh, him not He's being still on track be to make 17. history. <laughs> um, and in terms of the route, he first flew down to Africa and then went up to Oman and then round to the U.S. Um, and he said he was most nervous about spending eight hours over the ocean at one mm. point during the journey. Um, but he had complete confidence in his aircraft. So uh, nothing to worry about there. There's a good story behind all of this. He says that flying was very much in his blood. He came from a family of pilots. How did he get into all of this so, at this young an age? Well, uh, he, his family uh, have uh, strong links, we should say, to, to aviation. His 19-year-old sister, in fact, uh, made history at the beginning of the year by becoming the youngest ever woman to fly across wow. the world solo. So he's been accompanying his father on flights from age eight onwards. So he himself um, is uh, very well versed in the skies. And he said that he wanted to do something special with his career, but wasn't sure. But then when his sister 
made history earlier in the year. He said he wanted to do the same, so a healthy bit of sibling rivalry there. Um, and his mother left him with uh, the, the advice, which I think is very helpful, of never go if you don't feel confident for whatever reason, which I think we can say is very sound <laughs> advice. <laughs> Indeed it is. It's all about being confident. Uh, Eleanor, thank you very much for joining us. Eleanor Smallwood is a journalist at Partner Hub BBC World Service. You're listening to Primetime on Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg. Or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.